2: Friends, humans, country dumbs, welcome to episode 46 of the School for Dumb Women, which, through the magic of Tiny Elves in the Wires, is making its way to your ears right now. Each week we investigate the subjects you're too proud to admit you know nothing about, and then make you realise we don't know anything about them either. I'm your hostwoman, still waiting to find out what happens at the end of The Crown, Hannah Varrell. Joining me are my two magnificent co dummies, comedian and friends enthusiast Alexandra
1: Haddo. I've started referring to my days as episodes. Today is the one where Alex has forgotten that real life exists because she's watched 44 episodes in one go. And RuPaul's Drag Race is a
2: number one fan, Caroline O'Donoghue.
3: My drag name, not that anyone asked, would be Irish Liqueurs. <laughs> Now pass me my wig.
2: (laughs) TV is great, isn't it? Who needs books or podcasts? Anyway, this week we're learning about why our faces start leaking when we watch Babe the Sheep Pig, why cleaning yourself might be the worst idea ever, and why Chicken McNuggets are
1: Alex's favourite aphrodisiac. It's actually chicken selects, Hannah. I'm not an animal.
2: Caroline, sometimes when I have feelings, not often, my eyeballs start sweating. Why is that?
3: Why is that, Anna? Well, there are many, many reasons, and I usually am crying for all of them. <laughs> uh, I cry all the time. How much do you guys cry?
2: Not that often, like every couple of months. Okay. What is it generally about? Uh, a film. Okay. Or being really stressed and frustrated.
1: Mm, very I would, interesting. I would say we're very aligned. Oh, I'd say once every couple of months, and it's, yeah, it's those two th- exact things. Yeah, out of frustration sometimes.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It's a very strange thing to do, isn't it? Yeah. Like, like obviously, you know, humans have to have some kind of a stress response. But, like, why does water come out of your eyes? Yeah. Why why don't your teeth fall out? What's the
1: function (laughs) of it? Yeah.
3: It's actually very interesting. So there are uh, two... Two main kinds of cry. Uh, The first being the literally, there's something in my eye cry, there's some dust, onions. Literally, while we were waiting to start recording, you had a dust in your eye, and I was like, she should start crying. (laughs) A dust. (laughs) A dust. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, and you're, you know. Obviously, your your eyes produce liquid to help clean your eyeball. That makes complete sense. Mm-hmm. But then there's a second kind of crying, which is sort of emotionally triggered crying, and that's much more confusing because literally the hormones that are inside that that water uh, is different. Whoa! Um, so the uh, the kind of cleaning your eyeball reflex crying that is mostly H two O, but the hormone that's inside of your eyes when you're having an emotional cry is completely different and it's it's um, all associated with sort of stress release
1: no that's mental right? mental Except, so you know when you've been having an emotional cry sometimes it goes into your mouth and it's salty yeah is that not would it not taste the same if it was a? Oh, I'm not actually sure. I feel like it wouldn't, but I'm totally making it up. <laughs> See, the
3: thing is, um, there's a lot of theories around crying, and I'm about to go into them. Um, there's there's not a lot of hard scientific data around emotional crying for the simple fact that it's not ethical to test it in this controlled oh. scientific environment because you'd have to mm-hmm. put people through suffering. Uh, yeah, it's <laughs>
2: yeah. a really good film. Yeah. Like, Lion. That was a great film. Oh, I didn't see that. Oh, about right the um, guy who gets adopted and separated from his biological parents. Right. Anyway, yeah. um, like, if it was a really good film, I wouldn't mind being part of a study to make me cry.
3: Yeah. Yes. To examine Maybe me. Maybe that's the best way to do it. Or putting on the first 11 minutes of Up with a room full of people. Never yeah. seen Up. Well, if you mm-hmm. don't like crying in public. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what? what the kind of, the main sort of evolutionary theory behind crying is is that so when when you have your sort of emotional where you're frightened or or whatever your your eyes fill up with tears you're literally incapacitating yourself so you you can't see properly yeah, if yeah. you if you if you were to fight off something you'd be completely um handicapped yeah. almost because you you, you can't even hey, see properly you're blinded you're blinded um so it is it's a way of showing a kind of a a distress signal to your gang to your pack of being like this is not a this is not like a a drill here I am genuinely in distress here I need help I need you to help me right now
1: oh because there's nothing worse than when and this happens a lot with a frustration cry there's nothing worse than when you're you're not in I mean not that you're ever in control of a cry but like if you're with some people and you're trying to get your point across and you're upset about something and they're like well, I don't know what you're on about, or whatever. And then if you start welling yes, up, and you you're like, "Oh, stop it!" Up. And then they're like, "Oh God, I'm sorry." You know,
3: like I know, and it completely undermines your point as yeah. well. And like as well, and and they think that you're being emotionally manipulative as well. because yeah. it is a very manipulative thing to cry, really. Because if um, somebody's
1: welling up, you're like, "Oh God, oh so, God, no!" Yeah.
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. And everyone's had that thing where you're just trying to have like a, a normal conversation with someone that's a bit heated, and then they start crying, and you're like, "Well, well, now you've won." Yeah,
2: <laughs> <I've> <laughs> yeah, gone too yeah. Far. True. Yeah, yeah,
3: definitely. Um, and it can be very frustrating, but. Also, like, uh, there's a reason why crying is called the um, the weapon of the weak, which is you know Ooh. not a uh, not not really great in terms of um, yeah mental health or whatever. But uh, it's so it's, you know women and children cry right. That's what it's most associated with. Yeah, it's a uh, there's a huge very unfair taboo around men crying, uh, which I'll get into in a little minute. But. Actually, the, there's a very low, low, low smell that comes with the, that hormone that I mentioned earlier that is in your tears. Um, and smelling it lowers testosterone. <gasps> so if you're about to attack someone or whatever and they start crying, your immediate like trigger response is to take care of them because it's what babies do. Yeah. So, and, and obviously your, your innate thing is to look after a baby and that, that spread into you from, like, even if you're not related to the baby, you're like, oh, you have to keep this alive because this is literally the future of the race. Yeah,
1: yeah, of course. Um
3: And that's sort of, like, that's become a rehearsed response with this. So you see someone crying, testosterone lowers, threat level lowers, and you go, oh, I need to aid this person. Mm. And actually, there's a lot of studies that say that group crying. So um, there was kind of a lot of, when, remember when Kim Jong-il died?
1: Yeah the, oh, yeah, the dad of the...
3: Yeah, there was sort of that group wailing. Kim
1: Isn't it Kim Jong-un? Kim no, John that's the, the no. Kim,
3: Kim Jong Il is the a, current one. Yeah. Kim Jong Il was the dad. Oh, sorry. Go on. So um, a few years ago, when Kim Jong Il died, um, there was a lot of coverage around the mass wailing that happened in North Korea, and I think a lot of people were like, "Oh, they're just putting that on because like they have to show the dedication." Yeah, yeah, of
1: course.
3: But actually, apparently, group crying strengthens bonds between people.
1: Wow, um, I can see that. Yeah.
3: Yeah, because it's it's sort of a group. It's a group show of, of vulnerability. It's a group way to process. Yeah. Or whatever. It's almost
1: like if you you know like if you go out. with... With a new work friend, like if you get drunk, you bond, or if yeah. like that person caught you in the corridor crying, you kind of feel more bonded. Completely, mm. yeah. You'd never
3: quite like you'd always remember that about them for better or worse, but like you're always gonna be a little bit more uh, forgiving of them. Yeah, be. yeah, yeah. But yeah, I kind I I definitely relate to that sort of group crying thing because I often find. Uh, I definitely went on a soul search during this by mm. the way. It
1: was part science, part like, who am I? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I almost wish I cried a bit more because I feel like you feel great after a cry. It must yeah, release something. It's
3: literally a stress relief though, is the yeah. thing is that you, you it, it does lower stress levels. But what I find that uh what I cry at the most is like genu- like I've had, you know, genuinely upsetting things happen and people I, I love very much and very close to me die and I I've often had the thing like why aren't I crying more? But then, like, literally, I was in a American-themed ranch house restaurant called Bob's Ranch House the other day. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not laughing at the Eating beef nachos. And the Dixie Chicks came on. Yeah. And I started bawling my eyes out. What song was it? It was um, the song called Shut Up and Sing. Which is sort of about the Dixie Chicks' anti-war stance, and I just got really caught up about how brave they were to do that, oh. and how like how much it, and what, the, what a great song it was, but also what the song meant, and I was just getting choked up, and this happens to me so often. Like it is gone to the point now where like nobody finds it cute or funny anymore. It's just like, <laughs> are you having a... okay? And I have to stop, and I have to just like have a long breathe yeah. because it's like it becomes too much. But then I always feel like and as well with movie crying or a song crying when I'm with another person I feel like I feel really good then do you know what I mean because I don't really feel that ashamed I'm just like yeah "Yeah,
1: like we went through that together didn't we
3: (laughs) and they're like nope
1: just you (laughs) I think, yeah, because I think when I cry, people are really on, un- not like at a film or something, but like a real, you know, like emotional cry. People are quite unnerved because. I would be very unnerved if I saw you cry, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I'm I feel always like. like you, you
2: and me, we're not, we don't portray ourselves joke. as criers. Yeah. No. Whereas, Caroline, you're very in touch with your emotional side. I
3: am. I very much am, yes. Oh, no, we
1: should have a group cry. Shall we? Damn. Dude,
3: let's all have a group cry soon. Let's all watch Babe um, uh, cry soon. Yes. Yes.
1: yes. So essentially, we don't, we don't really know the evolutionary reason.
3: No, it's really hard to know for absolutely certain why yeah. we do it. But this is sort of, um, wow. yeah, the what, guesswork. And the whole thing about men crying and, you know, it's become this this big thing of... It's a, it's a big taboo, I think. A, men, a lot of men feel afraid to cry. And I've definitely seen men crying who were, like, incredibly ashamed afterwards. But actually, like, uh, it, was, it was a really manly thing for a really long time throughout history. Really? Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. Um, like, because it showed that you had sort of emotional... Depth and it's you know it's quite like a big gesture as well like it's something there is something quite manly about it, and uh, also uh, when sort of people started getting into plays and stuff in in whatever the fourteenth fifteenth century to cry at a play was to almost show that you were emotionally in, intellectual enough to yeah. understand how deep it was you know
1: oh yeah yeah I think you you know if you if you're a nice person normal person you don't find it unattractive at all if a man cries I mean like you say not if it was every day but I'd say that man, woman or child <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> um, but I think it is it should, we should bring that back we in this age of back. toxic masculinity
3: absolutely definitely if somebody is crying over something like very like tender and small I'm like oh yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean
1: maybe it's like maybe crying makes you, like magnifies your eyes and makes you look cuter <laughs> oh, de- I mean
3: have you ever like checked yourself out in the mirror after you've had a big cry
1: yeah Yeah. I
2: look like a like a red lump
3: Really? Well, sometimes you get like a really like lovely shiny eye. yeah so there's um on my portfolio website it's just at zaraline.com if you want to uh, <laughs> hire me for anything. Um, the picture on the front of that is me just in my leather jacket standing in front of a wall yeah but um, you know it's a pretty good picture guys like, it's I it's kind very of like good it picture. but it, that picture was taken 10 seconds after I had a massive ball.
2: Really? really? Um,
3: yeah. Which was, and the reason was, um, and this actually proves a bigger point about crying. So I was so self conscious, and I was so flustered. And um, Gavin was taking the photo. Gavin's a photographer by trade, and I was really like conscious that he's worked with people who know how to do this. Yeah. And I was just getting flustered, and I and I also knew that the feelings I had were stupid, and that like obviously he didn't judge me for being bad in front of the camera. Obviously all this, and like what happens then. And I think it's why a lot of people cry at things uh, when they can't kind of explain it, is that you get all these emotions that are layering on top of each other and you're just in conflict and you don't really know where to go. Yeah. So you're, the part of your brain that controls that cry is really, really small. It's a really little part of your brain. It gets overloaded quite quickly. And uh, then you just you just emit a distress response because it's yeah. like back to that evolutionary thing of like, I'm in distress, I need attention, I don't know why. <laughs> Do yeah, you know that mean? sounds yeah, like, yeah. like
2: a bit like a frustrated cry. Or I remember when I was um, younger, I mean, not super young, but when I was younger, I once just burst into tears because I was so tired. I was so yes, tired. Yes. That's I'd a very up, common I'd thing. I stayed up to watch Jurassic Park with my oh. brother. <laughs> and I, oh, and I don't my mum was helping like, me brush my teeth and I just burst into
3: tears. Oh.
1: I think well as a kid yeah they cry when they're tired don't they?
3: Oh, being overtired, yeah, yeah. You no, know, fatigue is one of the, the the chief like reasons for crying. Like, so if you're if you're crying a lot and you're kind of having one of those like weeks or months where you're like, why am I crying all the time? First of all, it could be hormonal. Second of all, really think about how much sleep that you're getting because nine re- hours is the limit of how much sleep you should really be getting. And uh, thirdly, like, are you internalizing loads of stress? Because crying is one of the big ways that we get rid of stress. Yeah, yeah. So guys, don't feel bad about yourself if you're a crier. It's beautiful. <laughs> Lovely Well clip on your name tags fuckboys It's time for the Women Who Code Mixer Every week we gather everyone into a room With too much air conditioning in it To talk technology, the internet and other things Women are supposed to be interested in for the sake of feminism
1: I'm actually only here to meet a husband
3: And I'm here because I collect corporate tote bags. Well, everyone needs a hobby. In this week's Women Who Code Mixer, we're talking about a delicate little issue we all know too much about, which is GDPR emails. (laughs) So ladies, are we all generally
1: familiar with emails? Um, the concept? Is that when somebody posts a letter through my computer? Yeah, I yeah. I with...
2: email was like a... You know, there was she and there was email. Ah, <laughs> uh, like yes. the cartoon, no?
3: Yes, um, email is She-Ra's um, lover. <laughs> oh, <laughs>
1: I see. Yes.
3: Yes, I'm familiar. Well, um, back in, you know, the before times, if you wanted to buy anything from anywhere online, you were basically forced to give them your email address and they were at liberty to contact you forever. What? So, so it, crazy. It even the GDPR thing is happening May 25th. So we're still in the before times and I'm still reeling. Right? <laughs> yeah. That like in order to buy anything online, you basically have to give someone your email. Yeah, why should... Yeah, that's really weird, actually. Why? Why? Why can't they send you, like, a receipt or whatever, you know? But where would they send it to if they didn't have your email address? In the post, in the fucking post. Oh, easy. see. And right. also, you open something from Amazon and there's a receipt invoice in there anyway. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You know what? Why? Um, unless it's something like they're mailing, like, e-tickets to you, yeah, why fine. do they need your email? Mm. Um, so, from May 25th in the UK, which weirdly is the same day as the Irish abortion referendum, um pre-ticked boxes can no longer be used to indicate consent to a company's terms and conditions. Oh. So you know you've been there where like you're filling out a form online and it's yep. like the box is already ticked and unless you specifically remember to untick it you can get emails from them forever. Ugh. So that's basically all going to be void. Right. Um, and you cannot like request consent for um, you know some weird data scraping thing and you can't bury it under pages and pages of like T's and C's uh, and you can request a copy of your personal information from any company that you deal with that they oh, have on who you. would do that? I, know, I, I don't know but do... it's an option I
1: guess. Yeah. If you've got a spare Friday night.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I suppose. Um, so that is the reason why uh, we're all getting these emails that are somewhere along the lines of Hello, old friend. Remember hmm. me? Oh. It's, it's Secret Escapes. You the, browsed me yes. once.
1: <laughs> the narrative of the emails is like, we don't want to see you go. <laughs>
2: yes, they're fuck all off. so weird and, like, pers- personalised. Yeah. Like, you know you love us. It's like, no, I bought a fucking banana from you in 2012.
3: It really feels off. like... um. Those emails are like the witch at the edge of the forest who somehow knows <laughs> your and your brother's name. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. come into the house. Your mother, Noelle, will be worried about you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like,
1: no. all you have to do is just one little click, one click, and we can yeah. still speak to oh, you. Oh, we <laughs> <me>. <laughs> Fuck off. Um, okay, so what if I just ignore these emails? I
3: hope you're ready for this, Alex, because it's going to be hard If you ignore the emails, you will never hear from them again. (gasps) That's terrible! I know! (laughs) Nothing from lastminute.com, nothing from Secret Escapes, (gasps) nothing from that one WeatherSpoons that you used the Wi-Fi in that one time in 2014.
1: (gasps) Not even Emerald Street? No, not Emerald Street! (laughs) How will I know where the best brunch spots are?
3: Well, Alex, you can maybe keep Emerald Street in case you need to plan a hen party with some strangers and you need some common ground, (laughs) but for the rest, you can just ignore them. (laughs) This is excellent news. Or you could write them up a light breakup letter um, because that seems tasteful. You know, mm. they sent you
1: an email. Yeah, sure. That's you sent nice. them an email. Lovely. Yeah, because some
2: of them say like, oh, you can, you can opt out. But it's like, what do you say? Dear sirs and madams. <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> would like to opt out, please. Thank Bye. you. I
3: think I, I think I want to be tender. So I'm going to say, you know, dear last minute theatre tickets dot com. I'm so sorry it's all come to this. Surely there was a time when we were happy once That one time my dad came into town And there was kind of no way to fill the <laughs> evening So I was like, I need theatre tickets now Correct. To Chicago And then I paid £65 for the both of us to sit behind a <laughs> Um But like, you know, receiving three emails a week That claimed to be about £10 tickets to Matilda And then I clicked the link And they're always like £150 Yeah, oh, yeah. Lies How do you get away with that? Uh, it's just a breach of my trust that's one too many And for this I must go Adieu? More share?
1: Caroline. <laughs>
3: Goodbye, lastminute.com. Goodbye. I hate you.
1: No one will ever have a bargain again because of GDPR.
3: <laughs> Alex, I'm looking at you and I'm strangely aroused. Are you doing something different with your hair, or are you just saying that you like all the same bands as me?
1: <laughs> I'm doing both, Caroline, and I'm also masquerading tonight as a giant oyster. Ooh! ooh. Oh, catch me the vapors! I knew that, that would get you going. <laughs> uh, yes, I'm doing my section on aphrodisiacs. It's such a great work. Isn't it, it really mm-hmm. is, isn't it? And do you remember that amazing song? Ha 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 ha, ha ha, ha ha. By Brandy. You're my aphrodisiac. <laughs> You're the only one I'm needing. When I go, I'll come back. Oh, there she's is no way she's, I'm she's still singing. She's still going. <laughs> swore back with myself I was like they won't know this song and then it like I'm doing that thing where I make up a song again but it was a great yeah. song it's only because there's
2: it. that one guy on Twitter who says that he really likes your singing anytime you sing in the episode so that guy I can't remember
1: your name I'm very sorry but like happy birthday Well, <laughs> happy birthday to you um, it's a great song by Brandy check it out uh, yeah you kind of everyone kind of knows what an aphrodisiac is what would you say
3: <laughs> everyone kind of knows who Brandy is
1: <laughs> yeah, <a> yeah. <laughs> yeah Moesha she did the boys' mine whatever
3: the boy's mine. <laughs> uh, yeah, from I assume from the goddess of love, Aphrodite.
1: Oh my god! Yes, it is, and I I never put two and two together. I was yeah. just like, oh, what a cool word. Wondered where does that come from. <laughs> uh, but yes, it's a uh, you know obviously it's a substance or a thing that increases your libido.
2: Is it not always food? I always thought an aphrodisiac had to be
1: food. Well, it's interesting you say that because it's always associated with food, but it's, it's sort of. I was about to say a fallacy, which could oh, be a Freudian right? Um when I was looking into it today, essentially I'm not really sure if oysters are an aphrodisiac or if you just usually eat them in a situation where you're probably gonna get laid. Oh yeah. <laughs> Do you well, know, let's what I mean? face
3: it, they look like a vagina. They smell like a vagina. Yeah. They taste like the ocean. You you
1: gulp <laughs> them down to the back of your throat. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you
3: know. Definitely. I mean I wouldn't say they're an aphrodisiac, but I'd say if you if someone was eating one on the first date, you'd be like, Oh, he- he can put some stuff yeah, in there. Yeah. Okay. yeah, Yeah. yeah, stuff in there. Yeah. So it's
1: kind of like, what is wrong? I was about to say, what came first? The chicken or the egg? Like, all my <laughs> metaphors are really sexy. Um, yeah. The only real aphrodisiacs are like testosterone and hormones that you, that actually get you horny. So is it that
2: the aphrodisiacs trigger those hormones?
1: In theory, yes. But oh. like I say, they, there's not huge proof that there's actual food, which is like, oh, that's an aphrodisiac. Mm. Um, I mean you might have your own personal one. You might be like, every time I eat cheese I get horny or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but there's not there's not really any food that's definitely proved to have like an aphrodisiacal quality. Oh. Hmm. Um but what would you associate with uh if you if you were talking of food that would be an aphrodisiac? Chocolate probably. Yeah, yeah. Strawberries are pretty sexy. Oh yeah, strawberries are
3: cream—that's a whole thing, isn't yeah. it? Yeah,
1: and this was all on a list that I got that I looked at today. But I was like, but surely that's just because you associate that with sexy time, like yeah. eating a strawberry. Or yeah, whatever. it
3: is kind of like chicken of the egg, isn't it? Like yeah. do we associate strawberries with sex because
1: because they turn us on, or? Yeah, I mean, yeah. there are lists like this one. Um, is I found it on um rd. dot com uh 19 natural aphrodisiac foods proven to spark romance proven that's a big word but things like okay oysters so that i mean i think that would be number 1 on if it was to bring to everyone's mind yeah. right um it's because they're high in zinc and have a reputation <laughs> for for being great for love and fertility um basically they trigger production of sex hormones apparently so perhaps they are the only real one. Mm. Um, but what but then, else do
2: they trigger? Because, because you know, if zinc is linked to, maybe zinc is linked to several different hormones that do all sorts of things, like they might keep you awake for longer or they might um, give you more energy and stuff. So, yeah. y-
1: you know, what? how could you really... That's what I mean, because loads of these on this, li- this list was like chilli peppers, right? And that's because it. if you have a really, really spicy pepper or spicy food, it... Uh, increases your heart rate and it makes you sweat a bit oh. and that simulates like a like, like sexual arousals um, but I don't know whether that's this food doing it or whether you're then associating your state mm. with like yeah. that of you know Ooh, I'm gonna have some sexy time because yeah chilli peppers was on the list um, avocado really no I no, mean I'm sure surely I've read not that millennials are having less sex
2: than ever before yeah exactly um, and yet somehow eating more avocados so mm.
1: yeah um, yeah, basically, it's, it's got high levels of vitamin E that could help spark, keep the spark alive because of its role in maintaining youthful vigor. Um, I don't think that. I think it's just green and probably quite good for you.
2: Yeah, that's the thing. A lot of these foods, they're they're just quite like diverse, like vitamin E, like good for you yeah. foods. Yeah, so and if you're like
3: feeling healthy. Yeah, you're more likely to have sex. I guess. Yeah, yeah,
2: because if you've just had like a Big Mac and six yeah. nuggets,
3: then. I don't know. Like, yeah, probably you probably like, don't like, necessarily oh, feel
1: great. Take me now. Yeah. yeah. No one's come back in from a curry being like, "All right, let's go." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: All
1: right, let's go quickly before this digests. Um, yeah, but chocolate is one, and it, it does. Uh, chocolate does release a spike of dopamine, which is mm. like you know the pleasure hormone. So again, you know, it might get you mm. it might get you in the mood. That's probably why chocolate and strawberries are associated with because strawberries are on the list as well. Mm. With like sexy. But strawberries foods. are a bit kind of nipply, aren't they? Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's yeah. It's kind of like association. Mm. Yeah, because bananas are on the list as well, and I was like, are they well, enough for <laughs> or are they just phallic? Um, I've
2: never felt sexy after eating a banana, especially if you
1: eat it in public and you're just like, fucking yeah,
2: I have to make this the least sexy banana eating.
1: I know, uh, you know, one of those London bus tours with, you know, packed full of tourists. Um, I was eating a banana walking along the street one time and the driver of one of them beeped me. (laughs) No way. Yeah. (laughs) I like, oi, healthy. I think it was more, oi, you you slag. No, know. You slag. (laughs) You slag, you slag. I don't think um,
3: I've ever eaten a banana in public without breaking it off into pieces and feeding myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a bird. Cases, which is stupid. Too
1: phallic, because everyone's just going, blow job, blow job. Blow yeah, job. exactly. Um, coffee, apparently, because it's a stimulant, so it raises your heart rate. Uh, and it put, could put women in the mood for sex. Mm. Um, Ooh, women specifically? Based on a study conducted with female rats. How often- <laughs> Female rats. Yeah. Yeah, there's things like rocket on here, pine nuts, basically pesto should get you the horn. What? Watermelon you know what? and olive oil and figs. However, um, coffee breath, not great. Oh, horrible. So, turn off. Oh, horrible. And I don't like coffee either, but I do like the smell.
3: Well I tell you I'll tell you what uh, food turns me on. What? Expensive food. Yes. Because <laughs> I'll tell you for why. Because you know, it's when when you when you go out to a restaurant, say it's a birthday or an anniversary meal or some some kind of occasion meal where you're both sort of a bit fancy and you order like the the third most expensive bottle of wine or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um you're just sort of like, Oh, check us out. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's true, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: And well, I, I think also be in films. Yeah, yeah. Let's
3: go home and fuck.
1: Yeah. And I also think, um when you really fancy somebody, like little things that they do, like really, you know, anything they do turns you on, basically. And one time I was, exactly what you would, we were in a fancy restaurant and it was, you know, the food was amazing and stuff. And then he just leant over and like had some of my lobster mac and cheese and just like sort of ate it over my plate. And it then he ripped his shirt off. <laughs> <laughs> Aubrey, I thought you were going to say, and then I never called him again. No, no, no. As in like, I was having some of his as well, but like oh, the sharing oh, of the food and the definitely. sort of like in that, you know, scenario and... Like In just, terms of
3: like a good first date meal, a sort of shared meat and cheese board at like yeah. a nice mm. wine bar, you can't go wrong because you won't be too full. But also, there's lots of like breaking of bread and like oh try this, but yeah. Oh wrap this around <laughs> the cheese. Oh pecorino, yeah, yummy. Like and I yeah. think that's
1: why, like you say, aphrodisiacs technically have got nothing to do with food, but eating is such a sort of precursor to sex a lot of the time that that's why we've associated them with like being yeah. an aphrodisiac. Yeah.
2: So what are the other aphrodisiacs that aren't food?
1: Um, uh, li- it just I mean, anything that li- gets you in the mood? Yeah. So I, what I was going to ask you is, do you have any weird aphrodisiacs?
3: Mm,
1: personal question. Or, or like, you know, uh, idiosyncratic aphrodisiacs. Like, oh, I love it when my boyfriend loads the dishwasher It <laughs> gets me in the mood. Oh, I or, wish I had
3: a dishwasher. definitely <laughs> classic things, like, you've always got that thing. And I think it may be because you don't want to waste the opportunity, but when you've just shaved your legs... <laughs>
2: Yeah, yes. and you're like
3: rubbing your legs up against each other being like, wow, I'm so sexy. Oh my God, <laughs>
1: totally. Or like, <laughs> similar thing where you, you're like, oh, I look quite good tonight. And you take a, you just like take a selfie, not yeah, for like, you know, not to put online or anything. Just like, oh, just, just yeah, document this. Uh-huh. And then you're sort of like, oh, I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> <Yeah>. quickly. <laughs> oh, definitely.
3: Getting, I think um, a lot of women get sort of turned on by themselves. Yeah, Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And feeling silky. And I'm wearing a silk kimono right now, a and bit, I'm yeah. feeling very erotic,
2: lads. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. So I think, yeah, smooth things. Yeah. Women love smooth things.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's an aphrodisiac. Yeah, I used to um, go out sort of quite briefly with someone who always thought that like exercise was a great aphrodisiac.
1: So like, oh, I agree. Back, oh, I think it it's is. Sort of yeah, great right
2: thing again. Like you were saying, it's just
1: kind of general stimulation, isn't it? Also, I think there's definitely something about. There must be something uh, hormonal with, you know, if a guy or a girl or whoever, you, whatever you're into, um, like, has come, if they've come back from like a training session, but the sweat hasn't yet dried. Yes. So they're not smelly yet, but mm. it's like it's a really like visceral like animal. Oh my god! Like oh my god! Shag me now. I completely <laughs> relate,
3: and also it's so frustrating because the person usually feels gross and wants to share it straight away. And yeah. I'm like, no, no, stay with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> that yeah, that, yeah it happened to me a few weeks ago, and I was like, "Ooh, what is this? Maybe I'm into monkey people now." But it's, <laughs> but it's not. It's just, it's like yeah, you because know, about an hour later, I would have been like, "Ugh."
3: Yeah, once it settles in, and once they've like sat in front of the couch and they're just like baking in it. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh. yeah, you're like oh, rank.
1: a pint of milk or something, and you're like, oh, yeah,
3: so. exactly. You want it in a sort of fifteen minute window after they get back from the gym. Otherwise, it just sours. Yeah. Um, question for you. Yeah. What is the one meal you could see somebody eating and you'd be like, no, that is the opposite of a boner. Oh, what, whoever that person was. Yeah, the person that you're attracted to, and then they were. Oh,
1: what meal would it be? Um. Oh, like like ramen or
2: or like a sort of soupy noodle because they're so hard to eat properly. Mm. And it's so easy to kind of let them fall back in and then it slurps everywhere. And they sort and of trail
3: off your chin then. They trail off your yeah. chin and it'll splash on your top. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. Wagamama is not a good first aid place.
1: No, 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 no. no. Because
3: as well, you've got that horrible harsh lighting. Uh, <laughs> benches. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it
1: couldn't be less romantic. And it's always it? so loud. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anything where they had to like pluck something out of a shell, like a snail or something. Yeah, like or that. Where, where their or, like, hands, get, s- hands get like greasy and weird. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, so don't, don't, don't do that, lads. That's not aphrodisiacal. And obviously, the uh, opposite is an anaphrodisiac, which is basically something that turns you off. One of them, technically, alcohol. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. And everyone, and I was reading these articles which were like, yeah, but everybody shags on alcohol, but it's because yes, it lowers your inhibitions, yeah. kind of when you're yeah. on it. But actually, it, over time, if you drank loads and loads and loads, your sex drive would be lowered, and it, and it actually does lower your sex drive, kind of when once it's worn off. If you know what I mean? That's yeah, like, yeah. Once it's not, once you're not, you know, pissed off your face, having a great time. And also,
3: um, cocaine, like.
1: I, oh, yeah. I personally hate cocaine, but I've known lots
3: of people who are very who were very into it over their lives, and they're like, "Oh, this whole thing around oh cocaine and hookers or whatever is so glamorous." But actually, most guys really really struggle to get it up after yeah.
1: <laughs> snorting any. So yeah, it's not it's not the same thing. I feel like I
2: should mention, for the good of society, that uh, the best aphrodisiac, as discovered by yours truly, is this podcast.
3: Oh, and yeah. leaving a review for this podcast,
2: listening to the sound yeah. of
1: my own sexy voice. Love it. And any man that listens to women's media, text us. We should do a babe cast.
2: Hey dummies, this is a very special dumb announcement that in celebration of Caroline's debut novel, Promising Young Women,
1: and our first birthday, we're having a live show. Oh, amazing. Okay, we should call it like a cool crossover name, like um, Caroline's Stupid Novel or um, Dumb Caroline Book. Or Promising Dumb Women. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, if you like shit
2: names. Well, either way, some dummy at Waterstones Tottenham Court Road decided to host our live show on the 21st of June 2018. And you can come. Find out how to get tickets from our Twitter or Facebook at Pod, or email us
3: dumbwomenpod at gmail.com for details. Please come. I worked very hard on my
1: book. It is very good. I have read it. (laughs) so start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
3: Hannah, you're an old-fashioned kind of gal and no one uses you in your original form anymore. What's up? Bitch, I'm Madonna. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm a bar
1: of soap. Ooh. So
3: <laughs>
1: ineffective, i not So ineffective. Well...
3: I have to rub up against you in my nan's bathroom.
1: Yeah, and it (laughs) slips out my hands like three times. I know. All of these things also applicable to Madonna.
2: (laughs) Yeah, we actually had a question in from a listener who was anonymous. So should we (gasps) give her a name?
3: Geraldine. Geraldine.
2: Geraldine. Well, Geraldine wrote in with a question. She said, hi, fellow dumb women. How does soap work? Is it self-cleaning or do I just cover myself in germs after the first use? And aren't shower gel sponges and or loofahs just as bad? And then she said, I love your podcast. Oh. Oh, oh, what a racy nice thing. I'm, I can see why she
3: went anonymous. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, we did talk about sponges already in episode 37, but I didn't quite get far enough into how absolutely gross they are. They're the most terrible thing in the world. There was some research that showed that they can actually be dirtier than most toilets because the amount of stuff that you do like with a sponge, the amount of foodstuffs that it will touch, the amount of people that will... Be outside and then come inside and touch a sponge, like for the washing up or whatever. Loads, absolutely loads. Whereas toilets just like piss and shit, and maybe some, maybe some blood if you're on your period. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: wash your dishes
2: with your toilet water, guys. <laughs> yeah, go for it. Um, yeah, the amount of potentially very harmful bacteria on washing up sponges is terrifying. And um, on all the websites that I consulted about sponges, it said you should. Wash your sponges, which seems stupid. You would mm. think they would wash themselves. <laughs> you would think. Um, you should wash them or you should like soak them in bleach or you can microwave them. Really? Yeah, apparently really? that gets rid of like, some of the stuff, but not all of it. And there's one particular strain of bacteria that actually does quite well when you microwave a sponge because it kills all of the bacteria that's in competition with it, but it doesn't kill this one particular bacteria but I can't remember what that's called. But anyway, the question was about soap, really, not sponges. So, yes.
1: What is soap? How does soap work? I don't actually know. Is it just chemicals? <laughs> <laughs>
3: Such a cop-out answer. I don't know. Chemicals, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah,
1: Hard there's chemicals.
2: Kind, of, kind of a lot of science in this. So, basically, uh, the basic premise is oil and water don't mix. Um, a lot of, like, food and sort of, like, crap on your body is oily in... Mm-hmm in the kind of base of it. Um, So just using water won't necessarily get the dirt off. Uh, What soap does is it breaks up the oil into smaller drops which can mix with the water. And soap molecules have like two different ends. So one end of the soap molecule uh, loves water and the other end of the soap molecule hates water. So the end that hates water will attach to the oil molecule Um, And the one that loves water will attach to the water. So it kind of separates the oil from itself and separates the water from itself, um, which in turn kind of like separates all the oil and allows you to like rinse it off down the sink. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Clever, right? It's an emulsifier. Is that what I paint
1: my walls with? Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. Soap is quite cool, though, isn't it? Like, yeah, you know, not it's not functional. But if you see like a proper old fashioned bar of soap on a sink, you're like, oh, hmm. well, like before so it's it- gone all like gooey. Yeah. Oh yeah, and
2: this was part of Geraldine's question as well. Is like, like is is a bar of soap self cleaning? Um, and actually, for the most part, it is because even though when you Get the soap on your hands, and you put it back in the dish. As long as you don't have one of those gross dishes which doesn't let the water drain off, mm. and it just sort of sits there in a pool of soapy gunk of like mildewy. Oh, bleh. It's so nasty! Um, it's nothing worse than picking up a soggy soap. Oh, oh yeah. yeah,
1: so so horrible, and um, it's so satisfying when you sort of clean the soap
2: yeah exactly like this is this is data i've sorted this out but basically yeah so although you're leaving like bits of dirt on the soap when you wash your hands it will just rinse off anyway because all of the dirt is like suspended in the water so as long as you rinse your hands properly afterwards even if you've picked up some bacteria from someone else's previous hand washing Mm. it should all kind of just end up down the sink
3: yeah i actually uh, i briefly worked for Detal, who are like you know they do soaps and things. Yeah. And there was this whole thing of like, um, okay, so people progressed from the detol bar to the detol like liquid soap, but then the liquid soap comes in like a you know, those the push the push yeah, tops. Like a, yeah. mm. Um but because of that mechanism, all the bacteria from the toilet goes on to the top of the Dispenser, yeah, and then it all gathers there. So that actually became unhygienic. So then they matured upwards again to like a hands-free motion sensor that you're supposed to like install in your home. And the whole time I was working on it, I was like, guys, let's just go back to the bar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> definitely. Well, let's just accept we're all cretins full of mites. Yeah. You know? yeah,
3: yeah.
2: And the thing is, a lot of bacteria that you have on your body. So talking about kind of soap for showering now um, is good for you. Like it's there for a reason. Um, and generally, like, you kind of don't need to shower that urgently unless you're actually covered in dirt, like if you've been rolling around in a field or something. And there's a lot of research to say that showering daily with soap is really bad for us because mm. it strips your skin of all the natural oils. So unless you kind of get out and, like, moisturise really well and stuff, you're actually kind of damaging your skin. And there's even someone who was saying, like, oh, actually, really, we shouldn't shower with soap we should just shower with water I mean unless you're already filthy as I said and then get out and moisturise straight away even if you haven't used soap
3: mm. and
2: there's a lot of soap as well like Sanex for example it always says on the outside like zero soap and I was just like what does that mean? Surely you want soap to clean yourself but actually it makes sense because Sanex is like a shower gel body wash right. kind of thing um, and often those are kind of a bit gentler than classic soap oh I see yeah so apparently you should always choose a body wash that's moisturising as well.
3: Mm. Oh, If you notice, um, if you go to sort of like slightly hippie-ish festivals, there's always people who are trying to keep bar soap alive in new and creative ways. Yeah. It's like, yeah. here's some
1: bar soap in a little bag with some bark in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like here's quite a cool hipster one in like millennial pink with a stamp on it. Yeah. Like a really nice um, like floral liberty sort of print. Uh, paper on it. They're flogging a a dead horse, mate. It's not coming back. No. People (laughs) hate the bar. They do. It's only ever going to be ornamental.
2: But I don't know, like there's plenty of research to say that bars are great. So um, maybe...
1: I know, but it's just like squirt a bit of shower gel on your hand and rub it all over your body. The problem is it feels
2: feels old fashioned, doesn't it? And it feels like more effort than just like, yeah, squirting some shower gel or something. Mm. Like to me, a bar of soap is that imperial leather like little sticker on it. And that's just the the only person I knew who consistently used that was my grandma.
1: Me- yeah. My grandma did as well. Yeah. And also, when you're washing yourself with a bar of soap, right, when you do it with shower gel, you're just like, right, rub it all over, uh, I'm all soapy, I'm clean. When when you do it with a bar of soap, you feel like you're colouring in, it's only like, yes! it's only doing the exact part of your body that it's touching. Yeah. Oh my so God. You, it feels isn't like it? on Microsoft Paint, the big rubber. Yes. Yes. Oh yeah. And you're <laughs> like, oh, I'm never going to get past this. Like, I'm never yeah. going to cover all the surface area.
2: God, the saddest thing was, um, there's research that shows that actually lots of soapy suds like good lather, love a good lather, um, is actually potentially really bad for you because it means that the product is stripping your skin of all those oils. But lather is the best bit.
3: Lather is the best bit. Yeah.
2: So what, what is life without lather in your shower? Yeah, I, I don't really feel clean without the lather. Yeah.
3: It's that no. But that's the whole thing, isn't it? It's like we did, um, cleaning products, uh, a while. Oh, we've been washing machines a while ago. Oh, yeah, I've been on a real kind of cleanliness. Yeah, you, you seem to be developing a mild disorder,
2: but yeah. it's great for content. So Are I you in a yeah.
1: horrible flat?
2: <laughs> oh, well, yes, but that's beside the point. I don't clean it.
1: <laughs> Maybe that's why you're just putting all your cleaning efforts yeah. into the podcast.
2: Oh, the final thing I discovered, um, because I've always been curious about, you know, when you uh, cut raw chicken on a chopping board? hmm and all the utensils that touch the chicken and sometimes there's a little bit of chicken in the board still and, yeah, and yeah. you kind of like wash it up in your washing up bowl but then you're washing other things up in the washing up bowl with the mm. bits of chicken that you've just washed off and how does that work? Am I allowed to do that or I think we're all dicing what? with
1: death on a daily basis. Yeah,
2: basically, yeah. And the only place that I could kind of find real info about this was Mumsnet, oh. for God's sake. And um, yeah, one, one mum was saying this exact thing was like what should I really do how could I properly clean raw chicken um, and apparently the thing is you should like rinse it off and then wash it up and then put oh, it on geez. the side and then spray it with some kind of ridiculous God. cleansing thing so, there's just like, women
3: on Momsnet who their job is to like make other women feel bad about themselves yes. yeah
2: no there were so many people who were like yeah I do that too and then I pat it dry with silk and then I put it <laughs> into my specialty raw chicken cleaning infrared device so, um, uh. yeah, I'm a better parent than you.
3: What I love about Mom's Net is that no matter how weird or paranoid you think you're being, somebody else has had the exact same thought, yeah. plus something slightly madder as well. And actually, there yeah. were a couple
2: of people who were like, well, I just kind of wash it in the washing up bowl, and I've not developed like salmonella yet. So oh. I think that's fine. I don't feel like I've had salmonella. So I've had some bad shits, but I don't think I've had salmonella.
3: <laughs> yeah, bad shits are a part of life, man. It's where we do our best thinking. <laughs> speaking of salmon and washing um, my mum told me that she once cooked a salmon in a washing machine
2: what yeah
3: apparently it's totally unrelated but if you like wrap a raw piece of salmon in some tinfoil or parchment paper stick it in the dishwasher um, oh dishwasher sorry dishwasher I meant dishwasher (laughs) Um, yeah and the steam just cooks it to perfection what about all the water that's flying everywhere because you protect it with the um, tinfoil don't you you wrap it up all tight. Oh, I guess so. So the steam just cooks wow. it. I know. I really want to try it. I'm moving into a new flat in uh, a few weeks and it's going to have a dishwasher. Was it
1: like a bet with your dad or was she just like... <laughs> the it was, it was in like a,
3: a 70s cookbook she picked up. It was all like, oh, impress your dinner guests with <laughs> love that. washing machine, salmon. Wow. So good. We bought this bloody
2: washing
1: machine. We're going to use it for everything. <laughs>
2: <laughs> anyway, thank you, Geraldine, anonymous Geraldine, for your question. Good luck with the soaping. Mm. <laughs>
1: But you will be back on The Shower Gel within the week. Oh, for sure. We're
2: heading towards the end of the episode, but before we go, we just have time for a smart lesson, which this week involves us all turning into guidance counsellors. So buckle up for some amateur but very sincere advice from us. And if you're very lucky, we'll throw in a knee rub. (laughs) Oh, I love a
3: knee rub. So uh, this week's question, as always, comes from Reddit Relationships, best place on the internet. Uh, And it's about a wedding. So We did a wedding last time, didn't we? We did. This was was about an engagement ring. Mm. This is about the actual practice of the wedding itself, what you deem acceptable in the ceremony. I know we're coming up to summer now. I'm sure people are going to a lot of weddings. You'll probably find this pertinent. Here's the problem. My fiancé's family has a tradition where they say, and I vow to protect you from ninjas, during their wedding vows, we are getting married in three weeks, and I absolutely do not want her to say this. She insists that she has to. What do we do? Suck it up, bro. Really? Oh, I don't know, man. I'm like, oh god, I'm marrying into this enforced quirkiness family. Like they probably all have a ukulele and like.
1: Well, in that case, get out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like... That's
3: how easily I'm swayed.
2: <laughs> <laughs> is there any more info in there that we kind of? There to
3: is. Know? Um, there, there's always sort of a, a long essay version in um, in Reddit, so. Let me read. When my fiancé's parents were married in the mid-80s, her dad surprised her mom by ending his vows with the saying, and I vowed to always protect you from ninjas. <laughs> surprised her mom? Mm, sure. I guess I got a huge laugh at the time, and since then, his brothers and their cousins and all of their respective kids have thrown the line into the wedding vows. Okay, so for the record, I think that to say that in the mid-80s as a kind of a cheery sort of, and by the way, it's quite cute, probably quite representative of how nice their marriage was. But for everybody to just follow suit. Yes, and for it now to be
2: compulsory. That's, that's mad. The compulsory so part isn't
1: fun. I, th- I think it depends on the spirit of like what you do it bit with. But yeah, it shouldn't be compulsory because that just takes any fun out of it. However, the next bit does say, to be honest, I'm a lot more emotional and want my wedding to be a lot more solemn than my fiance does. Her family is a bunch of jokers and they love to take the opportunity to play practical jokes every chance they can. Now, look, I- practical jokes are annoying. I get that. But, like, he does sound like a bit of a snorkel and her family just a bit of a <laughs> yeah. laugh.
2: To call it solemn and kind of be like, look, this is the start of our life together. And I can't, he says uh, towards the end of that paragraph, I can't get married in a ceremony that has the word ninjas in it.
3: Also, not to be um, not to be that girl, but ninjas is kind of a racially problematic term for 2018 people uh, it's very much become one of those words that people are like ooh do we still say that it's a bit like Eskimo it's like on the on the brink of like ooh that's a bit uh." Um. so there's that and he always has that argument if he needs it if he wants to take the social justice warrior route he absolutely it's available to him but also, i got to say, this is a man saying this. Men don't really get that many opportunities to be publicly emotional. And this is probably his one time he gets to say in front of like his peers, like, I love my wife and here's why. And now he has to say something about ninjas? Or yeah. she has something
1: about ninjas? Like... Yeah, he doesn't have to say it. I'm on her side.
3: Really? <laughs> yeah. Ooh, fractious. Like, but like you say,
1: I mean, obviously, you, know, you don't know the tone in which it is. Like you say, if it's compulsory... It's annoying. But if she wants to say it, why not? Yeah. It's a
3: line. Actually, do you know what? It reminds me of that um, very good Simpsons episode where Lisa gets married and Homer wants her, her English fiance is very proper, to wear, like, pig cufflinks. Oh, yeah. And she's like, That's no, you can't possibly. And it becomes this big white thing about, oh, you don't expect my family. Um, I just think... You know, I just have a laugh
1: wherever possible.
2: But I, it kind of sounds like there's a real disconnect there that's kind of goes deeper than just saying ninjas at a wedding because he sounds like a fucking killjoy, <laughs> and yeah, he she does. sounds like a pain in the ass who is obsessed with saying ninjas at her wedding, which also lame.
3: Yeah, it's also it's not funny. It's no. like. Uh, if, if you want to do your own thing and do your own spin on it like I promise to protect you from Batman or whatever like if you want to take a thing of like oh let's do kind of a funny vow because it's what we do in my family but don't just copy and paste the same yes. fucking line just be like oh it got
2: a
1: laugh in the fucking
3: 80s <laughs> what? because three ninjas at a high noon was probably out that year or whatever yeah
1: I, I, I do know what you mean there I'll, I'll take that point on board
3: yeah but You've I do think
1: it sounds like a sack. Mine. is mine. I feel no, I'm th-
3: pro groom you're pro bride and you're pro no one yeah <laughs>
1: I'm pro. Yeah, sums I'm not necessarily pro the exact joke, but I just think he sounds like a bit of a killjoy. I mean,
3: the writing's on the wall here. Their marriage will not work out.
2: I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> why are
1: you doing this? If the, you know, if you're quibbling over this, I don't know. I don't think a wedding should be that serious. I think it should be quite funny. I don't
2: know. I agree. I don't think necessarily a wedding has to be serious. But oh yeah, they're just both awful. They're they're both dreadful. Yeah, well. all
1: right, we'll take that.
3: And also, this is obviously a microcosm of their entire relationship, and also. He's going to have to deal with this family for the rest of his life. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if you're not down with this now, you're never going to be down with it. And she's probably going to want to raise her kids in the same way because clearly she thinks this is all cool and fun.
2: Yeah, he's going to have to walk his daughter down the aisle dressed in a ninja costume.
3: Yeah. Oh. Like, the thing is he's Wes Anderson and she's Michael Bay. And they're just never gonna be <laughs> making a movie together, are they? So what's no. our
2: what's our guidance counselling? Like, what's our
3: advice for this guy? I reckon Don't get married. Uh, don't get married, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think that would yeah. I was yeah. gonna go into a long spiel, but no, that's not it. because of the
3: ceremony, but because you're clearly fundamentally you unsuited different to one val- another. Yeah. So yeah. You have very different values. Yeah. That will only extend to the rest of your lives. Failing that, okay, so they have to get
1: married, the deposit's already down. <laughs> Oh, um, I'll just say, well, strap in, mate, because you've got to hear our dad do a speech. Yeah.
3: <laughs> oh God, the speech! The speech is going to be props in the speech. You yeah, know of course there is. And
1: he's going to get up there and be like, "My Holy Ghost."
2: <laughs> well, I think that's great advice. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> End your
3: engagement.
2: And that's us. Thanks for listening, and thanks to Geraldine, our anonymous soap warrior. We hope you're very clean by now, Geraldine.
1: Saucy minx dirty bitch. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Thanks as always to Harry Harris for our jingles, Gammon Day for our logo, and Soho Radio Studios for the recording space. Remember, if you want to, you can find us all over social media. We are at Dumb Women Pod on Twitter and Instagram, and School for Dumb Women on Facebook, and we always enjoy hearing from you. I do anyway. <laughs>
3: I tried to roll my eye there and it ended up being horrible.
0: <laughs> <laughs> See ya! <laughs> Bye! Au
1: revoir. Ah, my boobs are out. That is that kimono <laughs> that, is, that
3: is so like your other career in a parallel life you are on babe yeah
1: <laughs> if it's like just, this just me making puns about shit yeah. oh Robbie from Carlisle wants to show his tits <laughs> <laughs> oh do you want a blowjob job. <laughs>